Should the Baltimore Ravens have made a move at the 2023 trade deadline instead of staying put? We talk about that and so much more coming up next year on this episode of Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Ravens. We're your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast, and I'm your host, Kevin Allstriker of Ravens Wire, here with you on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for being here and making Locked On Ravens your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all podcasting platforms. That includes over here in video form on YouTube and over here in audio form, wherever you get your podcast. Today's episode of Locked On Ravens is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL. For $20 off your first purchase, last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We are a five-day-a-week Ravens podcast and more when we do live streams, such as yesterday. We did a post-trade deadline reaction. We go live after every single game. So be sure to subscribe on YouTube, follow along in audio form. It's the same show, both audio and video, so you're not missing out any way you want to watch or listen. And tell a friend, tell a family member as well. Word of mouth is still huge, so I appreciate everybody spreading the word here about Locked on Ravens. We have it covered five days per week plus on this show but we are coming after the trade deadline here and after halloween i was gonna wear my halloween costume on the stream yesterday i decided against it because i think a lot of people were upset and i don't think it would have been well received i I, it was a banana costume wasn't that crazy but the fans i felt like were mostly, mostly very upset with how the trade deadline went for the Ravens. Now, it wasn't like there was move after move after move made. We'll talk about this throughout the show, but the Ravens, of course, not making one. So we'll talk about if the Ravens should have made a move in the first part of the show. Then we'll move on to the roster. Is the roster good enough? And then we'll get into what's next. So we have a lot to talk about. Let's get into it in terms of what this team did, which, of course, was nothing. Now, across the rest of the league... We could go to the Leonard Williams deal that happened a day before the deadline. On deadline day, we saw Montez Sweat get traded to the Chicago Bears for a second-round pick. Chase Young get traded to the 49ers for a conditional third. Rasul Douglas and a fifth get traded to the Buffalo Bills from the Green Bay Packers for a third. You got Donovan Peoples-Jones going to the Detroit Lions. It wasn't like there were all these crazy moves going on in every team, but the Ravens made one. That's not what it was. So, I mean, it seems like the Chiefs and the Bengals and the Dolphins and the Jaguars outside of their Ezra Cleveland move they made yesterday. Those teams didn't make massive, massive moves. But I can understand the frustration because personally, I think the Ravens should have made a move. I don't think it was necessary they did, but I think if you're trying to maximize your window this year, there's always a balance, right? Because we can be honest about the state of the Ravens in the offseason. They're going to have to decide with Patrick Queen, Justin Matabike, Gino Stowe, Michael Pierce, Kevin Zeitler, Odell. They're going to have a lot of free agents to make decisions on. And for any team that has a quarterback on a big contract, multiple $100 million contracts outside of that, they're going to need your draft capital. But a conditional third for Chase Young felt doable, especially if he was going to leave after his contract was up, you get a comp pick back anyway. For a running back, 
I know there were the rumblings about Josh Jacobs. Again, I don't know how true or not those are. I didn't report those or anything like that. But there were the rumblings about, well, Josh Jacobs wants to go to Baltimore, but the Raiders weren't giving him up, and the Ravens didn't want to give him a second. Again, I don't know with those reports which are true and which are not, so I'm not going to completely run with those. But if, again, if those are true and it was a second-round pick, in the grand scheme of things, a second-round pick for a running back in today's market is very steep. That's a really steep price to pay. You probably only get back a fourth of Jacobs walks, but regardless, I mean, if we take a step back, if the Ravens didn't have a need at running back and we were talking about trading a second round pick for a running back in 2023, in the year 2023, I think a lot of people would agree that's pretty steep for a running back. But the point is we know the Ravens have a contending roster this year. You want to add to that. You want to have insurance because let's face it. If Gus Edwards goes down in this running back room, they're going to have some issues with JK already gone. Gus is a big, big part of what they do now. He's a lot of what they do now in the run game at the running back position. Justice Hill is awesome. I'm a big Justice Hill guy, but Justice Hill is your lead back is asking for trouble. Does Dalvin Cook get released by the Jets? You can make that move maybe. I know there were some rumblings about Zach Moss. He was someone I had targeted for the Ravens. Didn't seem like the Colts really wanted to move him. But I feel like with some of the moves that did happen, like that Rasul Douglas move. If you've been listening to me, listening to me here on the show with your in every day, if you've tuned in a couple times during my trade conversations, I had been circling Rasul Douglas for months and months and months now as a target for the Ravens. And the Bills get him. And it's a good move. The Bills lost Trey White to a season-ending injury, and I feel really bad for Trey White. But Rasul Douglas, he's not Jair Alexander, but he's a really good corner, and the Bills needed corner help, and they went out and got that. Now, the difference between the Bills and the Ravens in that regard was I don't think – like, the Bills were pretty desperate for corner help. I think they really needed to add, especially after losing Trey White. The Ravens didn't really have a position where they were decimated or they needed to add someone because they've suffered injuries. You can talk about edge. I understand that with David Ajabo and Tyus Bowser and, and the uncertainty there. Corner with the potential of an injury, running back with the potential of an injury, they're going to have to be healthy because – they have had a lot of depth that stepped up this year. I'm not trying to discount that. But again, running back is a, is a little bit of a worry for me now. And a lot of it is, well, the frustration, I think, at least from what I saw, I'm going to pull up the tweet I put out about are people feeling good. And there were, it was mixed responses from the fan base. Some people said, you know what, this and this is where I stand. I'm disappointed they didn't make a move, but the sky is not falling. I think they will be okay. Now, if they lose in the wildcard round, they lose in the divisional round, and we're kind of going through that whole cycle we've been through over the course of the past however many years you want to go back here after the Super Bowl, it's time for a conversation because you can, you cannot continue to have that complacent cycle of, oh, hey, we were great in the regular season but can't get it done in the playoffs. Hopefully this year will be different. But they didn't take the opportunity to part with some draft capital to add. And I get it's, it's not as simple as that. But at this point, it feels like with the fan base, there is either concern or anger. But there are others who feel like the Ravens can maybe get better without giving up draft picks by signing a guy like Ndamukong Sue in free agency, let's say. You know, with the Ravens not getting anybody, they knocked, They definitely were active. I don't want to say the Ravens weren't active and they weren't trying. I guess they just didn't feel like there was a deal out there that was worth it for them, especially with these next couple of off seasons being key to have draft picks. But what's a fifth round draft pick 
when you're looking to contend for a Super Bowl. This is an all-in year for the Ravens, but at the same time, it's not. I think the Ravens have multiple all-in years ahead of them. With this year, you're not going to have an opportunity to have Patrick Queen and Justin Matabike and Geno Stone all on rookie deals at the same time. The Ravens have, you know, people I think have bashed Eric DaCosta a little too hard for his drafts. 2019 was terrible. I think we can all agree with that. But 2020 has turned out to be really good. 2021, still to be determined. 2022, same thing. 2023, same thing. But that 2020 class is looking great, where I think a year ago today, we'd probably be saying, I don't, I don't really know about that. And again, I don't know what the deals were. I don't know what the Ravens were talking about and what – offers were on the table and who they were going after, but I would have been a guy that would think probably that there was some happy medium if they really wanted to get rid of the draft capital. Now, maybe they just didn't want to, and that's on them. That's their decision, right? But I do feel like parting with a fourth or parting with a fifth wouldn't be the end of the world, especially because I think the Ravens are in line for either a fourth or a sixth this year. I can't remember which one got canceled out between Ben Powers and Josh Oliver but I think that it would have been worth it for him to, to make a move. It's a little disappointing, but Baltimore likes their team. They like their roster, and hopefully it, it goes well for them. Hopefully the, the decision doesn't backfire because I, I don't think you can justify, I can at least, having another year of a wild card or divisional exit. And while the Ravens are still contenders in my eyes, I'm not saying they aren't, a trade would have pushed them, I think, a little further to their goal. But coming up in the second part of the show, I'll be talking about is the Baltimore roster Good enough. Continuing to talk about the trade deadline and more. So be sure to stay tuned. A lot to get to on the show. But first, this episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. And I'm a big fantasy football guy. I'm in a bunch of Lockdown Ravens fantasy leagues. Those are always great. I actually, I lost because of the whole Devontae Adams debacle last week. That was really fun. Not really. But our partners over at eBay Motors have teamed up with Lockdown Fantasy Football host Vinny Iron. He's going to bring in some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for maybe a daily draft or scouting on the waiver wire for this week, every week. We're going to be providing you the players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Vinny's picked out for us in this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. And a rookie here, Bills tight end Dalton Kincaid. He stepped up into a big role with Dawson Knox getting hurt. He's gotten hot with Josh Allen the past two weeks, scoring for the first time in his career in Week 8 against the Buccaneers. Now Kincaid gets a smash spot in a shootout against the Bengals on Sunday night. Now Cincinnati has been better in coverage outside and versus White House and tight ends. But Kincaid will once again come through for managers looking for a midseason pick-me-up at that position. Again, Vinny Iyer from Lockdown Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows the championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. That's the same with your vehicle. With over 120 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. They have brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your ride needs. eBay Motors has it. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Solutions apply. We're back here. It's our second segment of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Allstriker still talking with you here on this midweek edition. Post-trade deadline, nothing happening for the Ravens. Maybe we'll see something in post-deadline for agency, but just doesn't hit the same. I, I, lo- I love trade deadlines. I-, I talked about it yesterday. I think for me, it's kind of like that rush of getting a trade to your team and you're thinking, oh, you know, it's a new guy, new a new player. It, it, it's a good feeling. And I think it's not only that, obviously the more important part is whenever you make a trade, the hope is that you're able to push yourself further to your ultimate goal. 
which maybe for some teams is a rebuild. Other teams, there's a Super Bowl championship in Baltimore's mind. Obviously, it's competing for a championship. Now, again, we don't know what deals fell through. Again, there are rumblings about Derrick Henry, rumblings about Josh Jacobs. But ultimately, if it was true that the Titans didn't want to move Henry and, and the Raiders didn't want to move Jacobs and they felt like the compensation wasn't great, then you can't fault the Ravens for trying. But then it feels like, what 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 about an Aaron Jones, maybe, or a Miles Sanders? Are those guys worth it? And for some people, the running back position is fine. I think for me, it is, it's fine the way it is, but I am nervous about an injury. Because even if Justice Hill goes down, you're in a little bit of a bad spot. I think Keaton Mitchell has potential. How much is he ready for now? He could be ready. I'm not saying he couldn't be, but it's a little daunting sometimes when you're talking about some of these positional groups where one or two injuries could push you into a really bad spot and a trade could have shorted up. But to me, I feel like with the Ravens and the guys who did get traded, Montez Sweat for a second. Montez Sweat's a really good player. He's going to probably command $25 million per season, $24 per season. He's going to command a lot of money. Could the Ravens have paid another defender in a $100 million contract and have the ability to re-sign a Patrick Queen, a Justin Matabike, a Geno Stone? It would have been tough. Chase Young, it's kind of the same thing, but it's a this-year move, and if you give up a second for Montez Sweat and he signs in the offseason with somewhere else, you get a third form if he signs a $100 million contract. So I, I don't know. I feel like with the trade-off there, I get that it's a pushed back, like it's a year pushed back, but the, the Super Bowl window is still open. I'm not trying to say it's not. The Ravens have a very good roster, I get that some people are a little concerned about the wide receiver position. Zay has been really good so far. Has he been perfect? No, no wide receiver has. He's their number one. Odell has not lived up to expectations. Hopefully it's just a matter of him getting his legs back under him. Same thing with Rashad Bateman. I thought we saw some encouraging stuff from Rashad Bateman. Now he has to continue that, but the Broncos weren't moving Jerry Judy or uh, Cortland Sutton. Those guys were not getting moved. Pat Sertan even was not getting moved by Denver. Some of those high-profile targets we talked about weren't getting moved. Now, again, Adante Jackson or Rasul Douglas, who did get moved, some of those lower-tier options, I would have been fine with this depth that could contribute and play some snaps. You're not relying on that guy to come in and you know be an 100% snap player and wide receiver-wise catch 10 passes, corner-wise have 10 interceptions. You're not looking for that, right? But it felt like teams around the league were hesitant to sell. And I don't know what the reasoning was for that. I really don't. But the trade deadline, I don't know. The, the philosophy I have about picks, and I said this on the live stream yesterday, it's especially true with the Roquan deal, where you want your second-round pick to be Roquan Smith. You want your second-round pick to be even 50% of what Roquan Smith is. So when you're saying, oh, the Ravens overpaid for Roquan, one, they absolutely did not. He was worth a first at the time, and the Ravens got him for a second. But two, Gravon Dexter was the pick for the Bears, right? No no hate to him whatsoever. He's a rookie, right? He still has time to develop. But you want Gravon Dexter, if you're the Bears, to turn into a Roquan Smith or at least close to him. And maybe he will. Maybe he won't. It's not exactly apples to oranges, right? You can't exactly compare but with a first-round pick in Pat Sertan, right, or a first-round pick or Daniil Hunter, both guys apparently who, again, were not available, but with that premier talent, you want your first-round pick to be Pat Sertan. Pat Sertan's an established guy. The issue with that comes the contracts. 
Pastor Tan's going to make $100 million in his next deal. Daniel Hunter, his contract, would have, the Ravens had to work around that. So it's not just as simple as, hey, we're going to give you a, a first-round pick or a second-round pick for this guy, and then that's it. There are other layers and other things that go into things like this. But again, why not a fifth? Why not a fourth? Chase Young got was a conditional third. I would have made that deal in a heartbeat for the Ravens, you know? Because again, if Chase Young signs somewhere else, you probably get a fourth comp pick wise the next year. So it's just moving down around the next year to have a eight game or nine game sample size plus playoffs of a guy to determine if they're the fit for you. And if they're not, if the money doesn't work out, you can still get something back. It's not like a sunk cost, right? It, it doesn't work that way in the NFL when guys get big contracts, even smaller contracts. It's almost like the comp formula in the MLB with with A with comp A and comp B picks. You get picks. Now it's a little different there because you get right at the end of the first round, right? You know, beginning of the second end of the first. But I think for me, with Baltimore's approach here, again, I can't fault them for not trying, especially if they were trying. And Justina Anderson put out that they were. So I'm not going to fault the Ravens for just kind of sitting back, relaxing, and say we're good. I think the Ravens did truly try. But in the grand scheme of things, when you look up and it's four o'clock and nothing's happened, there is a bit of disappointment in terms of, well, what if this were to happen? What if that were to happen? There are still avenues for the Ravens to get better. Some people are not going to like when I say I'm in the final segment. I, I said it on the live stream and <laughs> people were not happy about it. But again, and I, I don't like it either. Like, don't get me wrong. But my stance on the whole thing is Baltimore should have made a move. I mean, at least if it was a round difference, like from a fifth to a fourth or a sixth to a fifth to open up that window a little more this year, that's not too steep of a price to pay, especially if there is either a long-term future in Baltimore for that guy, or you get some level of compensation back, but we're going to see what happens because if you did sign a guy long-term, what does that mean for the Ravens impending free agents? It makes things maybe a little more tricky to sign Patrick Queen or Justin Matabike or Gino Stone, et cetera. So again, Layers to it, 100%, but I would have personally made a move if I was Baltimore. Coming up in the final part of the show, though, we will continue talking about Baltimore's roster and what's next for them, where they could add to their team, even though the trade deadline has come and gone. So be sure to stay tuned. Still a ton to get to here on the show. But first, this episode is brought to you by Game Time. And look, I've had plenty of times when there have been frustrating ticket experiences, especially buying experiences for me. Sometimes I wasn't sure if the seats were good. I couldn't really tell. So I couldn't find last minute tickets either where I was really looking to go to an event. I thought maybe there'd be price drops. So there weren't any good deals either, but you shouldn't have to worry about all that when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Don't be like me. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. They have killer last minute deals, all them prices, views from your seat and their best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. And the game time app is super easy to use. Obviously, with the Ravens, there is a game coming up on Sunday against the Seahawks, so maybe you want to get tickets to that game time. It can help you out with that. Plus, there are many concerts throughout the area, too. Again, they have last-minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals, and it's really easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Plus, that you can view the seats, all the seats in the venue, and they have the lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, and more. Game time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Plus, they're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. 
My favorite thing is the zone deals. You pick the section and game time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. I'm, I'm a big savings guy. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section or row for less. Game time will credit you 110% of that difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNFL, spelled L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-F-L, for $20 off. Download the game time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're back here. It's our final segment of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Ostraker still chopping it up with you here on this Wednesday. I appreciate you for tuning in with me, making Locked On Ravens your first destination every day. Be sure to subscribe, video form, audio form, free and available everywhere. Maybe you want to listen one day driving into work or on your way from work. Then you maybe on the next day you want to sit back, relax, put put the show on your TV and watch it. You can do either. You're not missing out on any content. Plus, you can subscribe on subtext to Lockdown Ravens Insiders Group for exclusive text conversations, one-on-ones, mailbags, and a lot more over there. But let's talk about what's next for this team. Because with the trade deadline passed, nothing happened for the Ravens. That doesn't mean they're done. That doesn't mean they're not going to make another move as long as the trade deadline has gone. The Ravens have about seven-ish million dollars in cap space, you know, right around six or seven million. So there is still an opportunity for them to add. Now, what would that look like? Obviously, I think a lot of people are pointing towards Anomic and Sue as the option. For me, I'd be fine with it. You look at the Ravens interior depth right now, not necessarily a total need for me. I, again, injury insurance is great, but you have Justin Matabike, Broderick Washington, Travis Jones, these are your young guys, Michael Pierce and Brent Urban, these are veterans. Are you cutting Brent Urban for Nadamik and Sue. Where does that roster spot come from? We also got updates on both Pepe Williams and Malik Ham from John Harbaugh saying both guys, you know, looking good, positive updates. So they'll have to make decisions there. Do they take up roster spots? Tyus Bowser, when does he come back? Does he take up that roster spot? He will if he comes back. David Ajabo, if he comes back, he'll take up a roster spot. So the Ravens will have to do some roster maneuvering and do the Ravens need an interior defensive lineman? I think it would help. Like I think Sue... Still probably has a year left, maybe two. Now, he's no prime Detroit Lions and Abik and Sue, but he's been linked to Baltimore before. The Ravens like to kind of kick the tires multiple times, get a guy in. When they show interest in a guy, they like to get that guy in the building at some point. Des Bryant, Le'Veon Bell, Jadavian Clowney, et cetera. We've seen it happen before, so I wouldn't be shocked. But maybe someone gets cut. Maybe there's an agreement between the Jets and Dalvin Cook to let him go, and he'll – go find work somewhere else. And maybe that will be in Baltimore. He wouldn't have been a needle. Like I would not have traded a fifth for Dalvin cook. I would get free agency. I'd be fine with it. I don't know if he's a needle moving move, but he'd be depth. He'd be insurance. But I think the one that people get mad at when I'm, and I'm going to say it and again, it, it first, like, I don't like it either. I don't like it either, but the Ravens trade the trade deadline acquisitions. You know what? They're going to be Tyus Bowser and David Ajabo and Pepe Williams and Malik Ham, guys who are going to come back for them. So you're acquiring those guys instead. I know it, it's it's frustrating. I get it. That that that's not what I want to say. It's not what I want to hear. You know, it's probably not what you want to hear either. But maybe Baltimore felt like, hey, we're going to get Tyus Bowser and David Ajabo back. Hopefully soon. I don't really know the timelines, but hopefully soon. So do we need to trade for a Chase Young? The answer should have been yes, if that was the case. I don't know if that's their thought process. The answer should have been yes. But with that, you have your five deep, essentially six. Tavius Robinson's gotten a lot of playing time this year, and he's looked better than I thought. I thought he was a little more raw than he's looked to me coming out of college. He, I think he, I thought he needed a little more time, but he's looked good. He's been thrown into that spot. But 
with Pepe Williams. Maybe Baltimore felt like, oh, do we need a corner because we're getting Pepe Williams back? The answer should have still been yes, by the way. But if that was the mindset, it, it's one that could have been possible. So I'm just trying to, again, contextualize why the Ravens didn't make a move, what could be next for them. I don't really know if any other free agents are out there that would move a needle for me. Like Leonard Fournette just signed with the Buffalo Bills. Not that, you know, people are very torn on Leonard Fournette. Some people love him. Other people do not. I, I'm in the, his production has not been great. I don't necessarily think he's, you know, that Tampa Leonard Fournette or even Jacksonville Leonard Fournette. If you want to go there, he's someone that would have been, again, a fine signing, but it doesn't necessarily completely burst the championship bubble that he's not there but looking ahead the Ravens it's a little concerning also the whole no trade thing because Baltimore you look at their schedule you look at all the home games they have they play a lot of tough teams they play Seattle who's a top 10 defense in both passing and rushing much like Detroit so maybe they go into M&T make stadium and beat up on another top 10 defense at home which would be awesome but then you have two divisional games against the Bengals and the Browns you got the Chargers you also have to play after the bye, the Rams, the Jaguars, the 49ers, the Dolphins, the Steelers. A trade deadline acquisition would have taken some pressure off of whatever position that was and would have been great for the long haul. Because, look, we can we can admit that the Ravens, outside of the first three weeks, have been in a pretty good spot health-wise. It's something that's very weird for me to say because I don't think I've said it in the past four years. But – They've gotten most of their guys back from their injuries. Not a lot of them were season ending, really only JK and possibly a couple of other depth players. But at this point, it's really only Marcus Williams. And, and that's it. Keaton Mitchell, I think, is is close. But Marcus Williams is your big guy. You're still waiting to get back. You've gotten back Adafi Owe and Tyler Linderbaum, Rashad Bateman, Odell, Ronnie Stanley, Marlon Humphrey, Adafi Owe, et cetera. You've gotten back all of those guys. So – for me, there's still a long season left. There's still half the year left. The Ravens do have the bye in week 13. That should give them a really nice opportunity to rest later in the season. But a trade deadline acquisition would have gone a long way. Plus, I just think like the possibility of Lamar and Derrick Henry in the same backfield, Lamar and Josh Jacobs, Lamar and Saquon, I know it looks like those three teams didn't want to trade their guys, but – it's still, it's still fun to think about. I'm not going to lie. It's, it, it felt to me like oh, if, it, if it were to happen, it would have been so nice. But nothing happens. Ravens stand pat, much like a lot of the league, honestly. There weren't a ton of big, big trade deadline moves yesterday. Not that I was expecting a lot, but would have been nice if we had seen like one massive, like multiple first-round pick deal. I think in the offseason, maybe we can revisit some of these conversations about trade options. I think Devontae Adams will be on the block for sure. Josh Jacobs, he'll be a free agent. So we'll see what his situation is. The Ravens are still a good team. The sky is not falling because they didn't make a deadline acquisition. They are still contenders. They're still tied atop the AFC at 6-2. and two. They're going to be tested. They are. And if something goes wrong, if the playoff success isn't where it needs to be, then we can revisit this. We can revisit the deadline. We, we can revisit this day, this show, and have a conversation about it because it might not be looking too good when maybe they were a player away and they didn't pull the trigger on a deal that could have helped them out in that situation. We're, we're not going to know that for a couple more months. All we can do is move forward with a roster that has a great defense right now, an offense with potential but it all needs to click for him. So we'll see what happens, especially with this week nine game against Seattle coming up. That's all I have for you here today on Locked on Ravens. I appreciate you tuning in. Coming up tomorrow, 
more Ravens talk. We'll talk a little trade deadline and also look ahead to Seattle in week nine. So I'm sure to stay tuned for that. I'll see you right back here tomorrow on Lockdown Ravens.